everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. If you've been around church for a while, you've probably been told that we're the family of God. But what does that practically mean when people in the family die or are left alone? When I was in high school, maybe around senior year, I had a friend named Mallory. And unlike most of the youth group kids, Mallory didn't come from a Christian family. Her parents were divorced and maybe would have said they were Catholic, but they didn't go to church and their lives didn't demonstrate that they knew Jesus. Prior to meeting Mallory, at lunch, I'd always sit with my friends from church. And one day, she came up to us and asked for help because the kids she was eating with had brought some things to school that definitely weren't okay for kids or really anyone to have, and she didn't know what to do. And it was from then on that Mallory just kind of became a part of our friend group, which ultimately led to lots of youth group retreats, summer camps, and Wednesday nights at the church together. And one evening at small group, we were talking about that night's youth group service and Mallory, the 17-year-old high school girl with tears in her eyes, just began to share how, how moved she was when we were singing. As we'd sung a song with a line that said, I was an orphan, you gave me a family. And she just began to unpack how real that was for her, like how tangibly she saw God provide her with a family, or more specifically, a spiritual family, a group of believers who did life together. And as the conversation continued, Mallory just shared how cared for she felt when we'd give her a ride to practice or let her sleep over last minute or been patient with her when she didn't deserve it. Her unique home situation beckoned us to care for her in a unique way or or at least a unique way for 16 and 17-year-old kids to care for each other. And for the first time ever, Mallory understood. She grasped what it looked like to be part of a spiritual family, to be part of the church. And as I reflected on today's chapter, I realized that's what 1 Timothy 5 is all about, the spiritual family. In verses 1 and 2, Timothy is instructed to think of the older men in the church as fathers and the older women as mothers. He should consider the younger men his brothers and the younger women his sisters. Think about it. It's, It's important. If you're a pastor or an elder in a church, you're going to have to interact with people of all different life stages. Some will be older, some younger, and some your same age, but with totally different life experiences. These interpersonal relationship skills are incredibly important for leaders within the church, and honestly, they're just as important for believers in general. In today's Devo, which you can find at jointhejourney.com, Samantha puts it like this. Responsibility, respect, and honesty play a critical role in all families, but especially the family of faith. As with any family, there are differing roles, personalities, responsibilities, etc. It's a mix of imperfect people striving for unity. Even if it's not initially evident, each and every family member has a role to play, from the very youngest to the most elderly. And Samantha's right, as you probably know of a church family that's gotten this wrong— I mean, when that balance gets out of whack, you end up with a bunch of young kids or young adults lacking mentors and discipleship, or you get a bunch of gray hairs lined up in a pew that seems to be getting more and more empty with each passing year. A healthy faith family requires responsibility and respect regardless of age. Now, in today's chapter, though, Paul zooms in on a very specific demographic, widows. And if, like me, you're not a widow— The question we should be asking is, how should we, or our church leaders, our church, care for and plan to care for the widows in our congregation? 
When we think about what it means to be a widow, we often think of loneliness. This stems from a long history of using the word bereft, as in she is bereft of her husband. And that adjective, it implies loss or loneliness and deprivation. So before we move forward, I I just want all of us to sit in that for just a moment. Imagine losing your spouse or your closest friend. How would you feel? How would your life look different? I'd imagine for most everybody listening, I'd hope that's an undesired future, but it's tangible for many believers today. So as their spiritual fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters, we have the opportunity to step into the hurt and care for our family. Just as my friends and I had the unique opportunity to care for Mallory back in high school, to remind her that though her earthly family might fail her, or in the case of this chapter, pass away, the spiritual family is still here. She wasn't abandoned or alone. Losing someone's hard, and it can uniquely put older women in a particularly vulnerable spot, as was the case in Timothy's day. And God cares deeply about the vulnerable. So when it comes to the tangible care of and for widows, Paul goes pretty practical in this chapter as he presents really three types of widows. Those who had biological family to care for them, those who don't have family to care for them but are faithfully following God, and those who don't have family to care for them and are not faithfully following God. And based off Paul's instructions to Timothy in this chapter, the church has a specific responsibility to care for the faithful widows who don't have any family left here on earth, biological family, that is. Understanding that restriction, though, can be challenging for some to grasp. Why wouldn't we just care for all the widows? Well, remember, a healthy faith family requires responsibility and respect regardless of age. And one commentator puts it like this. It has been my experience in three different pastorates that godly widows are a spiritual powerhouse in the church. They are the backbone of the prayer meetings. They give themselves to visitation, and they swell the ranks of teachers in the Sunday school. It's also been my experience that if a widow is not godly, she can be a great problem to the church. She will demand attention, complain about what the younger people do, and often hang on the telephone and gossip. Of course, it's not really gossip. She only wants her friends to be able to pray more intelligently about these matters. That's his experience. A healthy faith family requires responsibility and respect regardless of age. If I were to explain this bluntly, I'd simply say loss isn't an excuse to neglect your responsibility to exercise your gifts in the church or an excuse to disrespect other family members. Those walking through grief or loss do require more intentional care and grace. I mean, that's the whole point of this passage. We've got to care for the widows. And at the same time, local churches like the one in Ephesus were limited in resources. How were leaders to decide which widows were to receive the church's resources? Look for faithfulness. At Watermark, we look to our community groups as the means by which we care for widows. But for most of us, I'd imagine we struggle to apply this passage to our lives. How do we live differently because of what we've read? For one, I wonder if you know any widows in your church. I bet they're there. Whether you're at Watermark or listening from somewhere else, do you personally know any widows? What would it look like for you to seek out the older generation in your congregation? Is there any way you could serve them? Mow a lawn, help them move, or just get to know them over lunch? Or maybe for you, 
it's an evaluation of character. If you were a widow, would the church support you? Or would your character disqualify you from receiving assistance? Perfection isn't the standard at all, but in general, overall, what marks you? The beauty of the body of Christ, the family of God, is that we're all different. We all have different weaknesses, strengths, and different needs. But that's what makes the family of God beautiful. We're all different, and we need each other. So I'm so glad we're all on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.